This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Cyber attacks are one of those things we all know we're exposed to. And if you follow the news, you know it happens. And not just to individuals, but there are organised cyber attacks happening to big companies, like the recent one on one of America's largest fuel pipelines and one on the world's largest meat processing company. It got us thinking, what is a cyber attack? Who's behind them? And importantly, how can you avoid one? Swiss Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. These days, Claire, every major government, military organisation, business, medical institution, all of us are online. Those online systems are always at risk of being attacked. So to start, what's a cyber attack? It's an assault on a computer, a network or the data that's stored within that network. The intent of the attack can vary. Some attacks are intended to disable a computer system while others intend to gain control over it. Some attacks are aimed at infiltrating the system to paralyse it or to steal or destroy data. There are many ways a cyber attack can do that. Let's start with our first computer word of the shortcut. There'll be a few of these and that's malware. It's a term that describes all manner of malicious software that includes viruses, trojans, worms, uh, a lot more. Depending on the software, it can steal data, it can block access to a computer and remotely control it, among many other things. There's also phishing, spelt with a PH, not the bait and tackle variety. No, we're not having a nice day on the lake. It's no. basically a malicious email or a text message and it can impersonate someone or something that's legitimate. And when you get it, it lures you to accidentally give up sensitive information or logging credentials for a computer system. Yeah, we've all had a spam email, so we know what that looks like. Finally, talk us through ransomware. It's a kind of malware. It basically locks up a victim's files with encryption and then the attacker demands a ransom to restore access to that data. Users are shown instructions on how to pay a fee to get their operations back up and running and costs can range from a few hundred dollars to millions of dollars. A lot of the time that ransom's paid in cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, uh, the idea being that it's easier for criminals to cash that out without getting into trouble. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit in later in the shortcut. So those are the main ways a cyber attack can occur. There are others, but that gives you a good sense of how it can happen. The main concern though, Claire, isn't the how, but rather the increase in frequency and the sophistication of attacks. Yeah, that's right. And in January, a report found that an average of 164 cybercrime reports are made in in Australia every day. That's growing in frequency and it's prompted the federal government to prioritise Australia's cyber security. It's invested $1.35 billion to be spent over the next decade to help identify more threats and to try and prevent and stop them. Yeah, that's on everything from individuals to small businesses or to big companies. When it comes to these threats, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has been very careful not to point fingers, but we do know that it comes down to two sources. One is criminal gangs and the other is state-sponsored attackers. Let's get into that now. 
One thing that's really important to understand with cyber attacks is that they can be launched by anyone, including criminals who want money or state actors looking to cause havoc and gain intelligence. Let's start with criminal gangs, Claire, and an attack on Colonial Pipeline, one of the largest pipeline operators in the world. Yeah, and Colonial Pipeline uh, provides roughly 45% of the fuel on the east coast of America. That includes gasoline, diesel, military supplies, uh, aviation fuel. So you can imagine the impact of a cyber attack. Mm. It forced the company to close down its operations as its IT systems were frozen. That had major implications. It led to fuel shortages at petrol stations across several states of the US. Uh, It even affected operations by some airlines and airports. Yeah, the group behind that attack is called Darkside. It's believed to be based in Russia and it's a criminal gang. It's been in operation since at least August 2020 and it targets victims using ransomware and extortion, as we talked about before. It's notable, Claire, because it offers ransomware as a service to different cyber criminals. Yeah, it does. And it forced Colonial Pipeline to pay a US $4.4 million ransom in cryptocurrency uh, in order to have its systems restored. Some of that was recovered in an FBI operation. Uh, As for how exactly it happened, the company said Darkside had hacked through a old virtual private network, which is a VPN, Mm. uh, that's often used by companies that allow staff to access the company's networks from home. Yeah, something we've all been doing a lot over the past year or so, of course, because of COVID. Closer to home, Claire, there was a cyber attack on JBS Foods. That's the world's largest meat processing company that operates here in Australia. It shut down production both here and around the world. We don't yet know who was behind the attack, though. No, we don't. It happened in May and reports say that JBS paid more than $14 million to a criminal gang to end that five-day attack and get its operations up and running again. Like you said, we don't know who's behind that attack, but some have pointed to an organisation in Russia. The FBI said that it's the work of one of the most specialised and sophisticated criminal gangs in the world. Yeah, that's the quote. Experts say only a few nations, Russia, China, Iran and North Korea, have the capacity for such attacks. That leads us perfectly into our next segment on the state players. When we talk about state players, what we're talking about is countries. One of the most common names thrown around when it comes to cyber attacks is, of course, Russia. Some reports say that Russia's focus on cybercrime kicked off after a financial crash in 1998 that left a lot of IT professionals in Russia out of work. Their talents weren't being used and some of them went on to become state-sponsored hackers. And since then, Russia has become the global leader when it comes to cyber warfare. And that's because over the years, it's been able to orchestrate a number of cyber attacks on governments and private organisations. Some say it's a bit of a power play. Others say it's part of the evolution of modern warfare. Either way, they've done some damage. But let's lay off Russia for a bit, Claire. China is also a big name in the game. Yeah, its footprint in the cyberspace sphere has been smaller than Russia's, uh, but recent attacks and development hint that it's just the beginning for them. Some experts say that Beijing's regime has developed a really sophisticated cyber hacking operation uh, and it's looking at ways of blackmailing uh, and also holding sway with key politicians, including in Europe. The idea is that it will help China uh, really extend its power. 
To round out the other nations accused of cyber attacks, North Korea and Iran, North Korean hackers have really grown from spying on and disrupting their South Korean rivals to stealing large sums of money and robbing cutting-edge technology and designs. Yeah, North Korea particularly is being seen as more active and proficient in the cybercrime space and they've been involved in some notable hacks as well as stealing money from central banks. So they're a nation that's definitely on the radar of international intelligence agencies. Also, Iran does seem to go after those that oppose its general worldview and that's happened over a number of years. So cyber attacks are being used for a number of different reasons, big and small, all dangerous, and we're all exposed. So let's get into now some advice on what steps to take to protect yourself or your business. Virtually every sector has suffered major breakdowns due to cyber attacks. There's been concern, Claire, that businesses and individuals around the world are neglecting their cyber security. We're not prepared. A survey by Microsoft found that 80% of firms have experienced at least one attack in the last two years, but only 29% of security budgets have been allocated to protecting against cyber attacks. Experts say that sophisticated software coupled with inadequate cybersecurity is a recipe for disaster. So what advice are they giving to businesses? The biggest tip is to stay on the ball and stay on top of it. Cyber attacks can happen at any time. So experts suggest constantly updating systems and security upgrades and doing those backups, all the boring things to ensure (laughs) that there's no weaknesses. Also, multi-factor authentication is a big one. It's another boring thing, but it's basically where there's two checks so that when you log in, you've got another source that can really stop some of those attacks from getting through the cracks. Boring, also annoying at times, but as you say, necessary. The other thing is getting a handle on your access control. So that's organising who has control to what on your devices. That'll help minimise the risk apparently. Exactly. And it also limits the amount of data that a ransomware attack could encrypt, steal or delete from your system. So that's a big one to check off. Mm. There's also ransomware protection that you can get for your devices. And lastly, what experts say is you should prepare a cyber emergency plan so that if you are held to ransom or something happens, you've got guidelines and you've already got your head around what you might do to respond. A cyber emergency plan, Claire. Do we have one of those? <laughs> Should we take our own advice? We've got we've got something like it, yeah. We've got something like it. What are some of the suggestions around businesses paying a ransom? Like if you do get caught up in this, what do you do? There's a lot of official advice by many governments and intelligence agencies. What they say is don't pay the ransom because it only incentivizes those hackers and it also funds future cyber attacks. There's also concern that you can't really trust criminals in those negotiations, Mm. that they will actually unlock your data. And there's been cases where companies uh, have paid up only for hackers to then demand a second ransom. I guess that all sounds good in practice. It's a bit messier than that, though, when it's actually happening. And it's really tough, as you can imagine, for big businesses when Mm. their operations are being held to ransom, like in the cases of JBS and Colonial Pipeline. Uh, Often for them, it's much cheaper just to pay off the hacker than it is to try and recreate their whole IT infrastructure. And of course, the revenue that they give up by their operations being offline as well. And that's your shortcut to cyber attacks. On to our recommendations. 
Each week we share some further reading, listening or watching now that we've sufficiently scared everyone about being cyberly attacked. <laughs> Claire, mine this week is a link to the Australian Cybercrime Security Centre. It has heaps of information about how to protect yourself. Look, revisiting that Sony hack by North Korea really did bring back some memories and there was a terrific Vanity Fair article that got into the untold story some years later and it's just an interesting insight into it being a bit of a foreshadowing of what has happened in the years afterwards in terms of these state actors uh, getting into American systems. Yeah, that one's a bit of a sit down and read on a Saturday afternoon. It's a long one, but it's well worth it. That's all from us on Squeeze Shortcuts. If you have a request for a shortcut, send it through to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next week. 